capturing on-camera experiences of everyday harassment. Photographer Eliza Hatch retelling stories on film in the hope of giving women the courage to speak out. They were getting closer and closer and it was very uncomfortable. The thing that everybody told me was not to say anything. One of them kept on staring at me and then later he sat next to me and started touching my stuff and he tried to put his hand under my shorts. You know, no one intervened. She was only 15 when she was walking home from school and was approached by a man in a van. Um, I noticed that he actually parked up the van, got out the van and opened the doors. Uh, the conductor tapped my ass. And they carried on following me. His hand was going up my skirt and I, my body somehow froze and I was in full-blown panic mode. Cheer up, love, a phrase sometimes shouted at women on the street. They're photographed in places where harassment has happened. Catcalling to curb crawling, this campaign covers it all. Hello and welcome to the Cheer Up Love podcast with me, your host, Eliza Hatch. In this week's episode, I'm speaking to someone I've admired both online and offline for years. She's the iconic Shah Elise. I first met Shah on a panel a few years back and I've been bumping into her and following the amazing work she's been doing ever since. Shah is a model, content creator and founder of Girls Will Be Boys, which is an online platform which aims to blur the lines between gender roles. Shah is also the creator of Oh My God She's Bold, a short documentary that celebrates and encourages women worldwide to shave their heads. This has been shown in London, Amsterdam and Paris. Shah is an absolute powerhouse and is becoming somewhat of an icon in her own right. So without further ado, let's welcome Shah onto the show. And just to trigger warn, we will be discussing an experience of street harassment later in the show. Um, but yeah, like it's been ages. We haven't seen each other since I think before, I think before you were going to New York last year. What? Yeah, I think so. I think it was when we bumped into each other at that weird um, book event thing. Oh my God, that was horrendous (laughs) it was pretty bad horrendous that was so odd i've never wondered why i was in a dark basement more in my life literally i was like what is this i have to leave like get me out (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was so odd but like i genuinely think that was the last time um that i saw you and so so much has happened since then it's been yeah it's been an incredibly challenging year so far and i'm just wondering how have you been keeping yourself sane and how have you been looking after yourself you know, since we last saw each other? Honestly, I haven't really been looking after myself. Um, (laughs) I've been overworking. And I would say one thing that kind of helped me was that my parents came home. I got to see my parents and they've been traveling for a year. So, Mm. you know, when you just need to see people that you know in like the madness of stuff. But apart from that, I mean, Obviously, there was the whole quarantine and then there was the Black Lives Matter resurfacing and it just felt like mm-hmm. it, it was just a lot. Yeah. I don't really know what... I guess it helps that I've... I say I talk about this a lot, but I've constantly refined my friendship groups and the people that are around me. So yeah. when I am going through challenging times, it's a lot easier to kind of get through it because mm-hmm. I have the right people around me mm-hmm, totally and that's so that's just yeah so so important this year when we've all been so isolated from each other and it feels like the world's just like ramped it up <laughs> like it's just it's just got mm-hmm. really really hard for lots of different reasons and I think that is super super important because it's just yeah it's been really isolating for so many reasons and I think even more so because we're all glued to our phones constantly yes. just like looking <laughs> at the hell hellscape unfold <laughs> literally like there's just so much going on and I think 
obviously to some degree it was good that everyone was on their phone because all of a sudden we were forced into awareness like there was mm-hmm. no opportunity to be ignorant about things that mattered but also there was no time to switch off if you open your phone you're going to see something somewhere to do with something bad that's going on somewhere in the world and it was just a it's like me and my friend were talking about it's not normal to consume this much information this quickly yeah no I've heard this as well and I've been speaking about this with my friends too and I think it's absurd the amount of information that we are constantly digesting every day when 100 years ago you would read one headline of a newspaper and that was it and like that was and that was stimulating enough that that, that's how I feel I think I think it's like like I say like it's a good thing that there's sort of no opportunity to be ignorant but it's it's a lot it's not not we're not like our bodies are not we as humans are not trained to have like this much information be inputted every second of every day completely and as you just said we've had the pandemic and then we had the black lives matter movement come into full force around the world which was obviously sparked by the tragic loss of george floyd and so many other black lives who were sensibly lost during this time also during this time the social platforms of certain black women and men and non-binary and trans folk have seen their followings increase massively Black authors have had their books sell out and many people around the world have been turning to black people for a re-education. And yeah, this is obviously problematic for so Mm. many reasons, not only because it took so many deaths to get people to pay attention, but I've seen your platform grow a lot recently and I've also seen you spoken on your social media about the emotional labour of black women and queer black women, especially during this time. And I was just wondering how how you feel about the kind of exposure and I suppose the Mm. problematic circumstances in which it's come about honestly it's been so bittersweet and I've I've yeah Mm -hmm. I have I've spoken about that because it feels like first of all I've been talking about this stuff for ages so the fact that people only want to pay attention when they feel like they're going to be penalized for not paying attention um kind of makes me see people in a different light and it's frustrating it's, it's kind of like, okay, so you actually didn't care before. Now you're trying to care, but mm-hmm. you really didn't care before. So there's that side of, of things. But then there's also, um, I felt like people were coming to me and expecting me to educate them on every single post when it's like, mm-hmm. I've always said that my Instagram is my Instagram is what I want it to be. So if I want to post because I think I look hot, then that's it. There's, there's no more depth to it. <laughs> but I felt like yeah. there was this pressure to talk about this stuff when first of all it's triggering traumatizing and draining um yeah but also there's more to me Mm. and it felt like that's all people wanted and also I've I've never called myself an educator I've said that I talk on my experiences so that you can learn from them but I wouldn't call myself an educator it's the same way I wouldn't call myself an activist Mm. so it just felt it just felt like a lot um and as much as it, it was good because I felt like finally like we're getting the recognition that we deserve mm. it's almost like a it came all at once all of a sudden and it was very overwhelming and there were a lot of um brands or companies coming to me like expecting work and stuff and it was just like whoa 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 I'm still one human and I can't do all of this stuff like yeah. it takes a lot and I'm and I'm trying to deal with all of these deaths and these murders that are happening yeah. on top of then producing work which is talking about it. Yeah, it's it's really conflicting because with all of the 
horror that you see happening and unfolding in the news comes all of this exposure and then from the exposure of the back of that brands then try to you know commercialize and profit off it in a way that's which it's a really double-edged sword because what everyone is saying you know include black voices in the conversation include black people in your branding and all of the other kind of stuff but then the added emotional labor that is mm. comes with that as well it's just it was it was just a lot and I had done a post prior to um, all of this just saying that marginalized people are more than their lived experiences of marginalization and I think that's that's not taken into account often enough it's like mm. it is a it's a part of us but it's not all of us and it's not all that we are and we'll talk about it when we want to but please don't expect us to you know talk about it all the time because if we don't have the capacity then that's it completely you know there are loads of incredible black educators out there who have large platforms and there are also lots of people who maybe didn't consider themselves educators before who are now being turned to for their emotional labor and you know I've, I've seen you speak about this as well and mm-hmm. you know do you feel like there is this like added pressure now on with what you do or do you think people kind of tune into what you're doing to get to get information that you think they should be able to get elsewhere if that makes a sense <laughs> no I, I no I totally get what you're saying I think because of how I've sort of approached my platform is that like you get what you're given don't expect anything from me like you get mm. what you're given um then it's okay it's just when when it comes to things like <clears throat> like I spoke about recently because all of my work is now on my platform and online then there's blurred lines between um sort of caring about the interaction and how much people are paying attention and stuff because like it's it's solely my work now as well do you know what I mean I don't know if that makes any sense like before I could separate it and just use it for what I want and then if I have to do some work on my platform which is an ad or something then so be it but now it's all Mm. of my work is online so I have to care about keeping people engaged and that's also draining as well oh my god so draining I was yeah I was about to say all of it has to go through the cursed Instagram algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and it's widely known that this algorithm has been censoring black female bodies. Mm-hmm. And there was the case of Naomi, which was publicly spoken about recently. And then Instagram kind of came, well, they didn't, I'm not sure if they even did come forwards with their tail between yeah. their legs and just, they hate bad press, basically. And they, have you noticed they do this thing whenever they sort of censor someone or delete someone or... Yeah, they just give them a blue tick because they hate the the bad press so much and they don't... Because it happened with... Um, I've spoken to um, Venus Libido about this before, mm-hmm. who's a sex, edu- a sex educator. She had her uh, profile deleted because she called out somebody who was sending her dick pics. I didn't know this. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, so... Yeah, like I've met her and I follow her, but I didn't know about this happening it was last year and she had a harasser who was sending her dick pics all the times in in her in her dms and she kept on like reporting it and reporting it and blocking it and you know instagram just didn't delete the profile or whatever but then ended up deleting her profile so she got deleted um completely and you know at this point she had it was obviously her whole source of income and she had hundred thousand followers and all of that sort of stuff it was it was all over the media basically and it got a lot of press and instagram (laughs) hates bad press so they reinstated her account and then gave her a sort of apology blue tick wow which i've spoken with i've spoken to her about like a lot and they do it with lots of different accounts instead of actually taking accountability wow i'm i'm gonna talk to naomi about 
about this because I think she got her blue tick during I Want to See Naomi. I was, yeah, I was watching that and I remember during that whole saga with all of the photos that were getting deleted, I saw mm. her, she got the blue tick and then she, she posted something saying that she'd wanted it for so long but was sort of disheartening. It was under these circumstances that it kind of happened. So typical. It's really typical, yeah. <laughs> I know you speak about censoring all, all the time on your social media and especially shadow banning and I was just wondering if you can, yeah, talk to me a bit about that. It feels really disheartening when I do put so much effort into my content creation and that it doesn't get seen and I've always said that my art is bigger than me so I'm I'm not doing this for an ego boost I I genuinely want to help people around the world um like I even I did a post today about mental health mm. and seeing the responses that people needed to see this today and they're just like thanking me for that that's what keeps me going and that's why I do what I do so when yeah when I know that my profile is being shadow banned and therefore it's not reaching the people it kind of feels like talking to a brick yeah. wall for no reason do you Absolutely. know what I mean like it's I only want to help other people or you know be that person that gives the sign that they needed that day but when it's shadow banned it's like oh, for fuck's sake yeah, yeah it's like you're just you know projecting into the void yeah, that, that that's how it feels. And it feels like when you're a margin, marginalised person, like you're rarely heard even when you shout. So yeah. it just feels frustrating. It's just it's just like a vicious cycle. It just, just goes round and round and round and round. Yeah, 100%. And I think it's something which more and more people are starting to call out and recognise as like a pattern that, that is predominantly affecting marginalised people because Instagram hates anything other than the typical slim, white, cis image of a woman. Mm. Uh, that's basically the default for Instagram now and anything else is just seen as as is, is basically othered. I know Instagram say that they don't shadow ban and all of this, but that's such bullshit because they definitely do. Oh, they a thousand percent do. A thousand. I'm sure like I spoke to a friend who is verified and did some work with Instagram and they spoke to Instagram and they said, yeah, shadow banning is, we do it, it's real. <laughs> so it's like... Yeah, it's it's obviously a thing. But yeah, let's speak a bit more about your work. I think I first met you and kind of found out about your work was when we did that first panel together and there was the screening of your film, um, Oh My God, She's Bold. And I absolutely loved it. And I've been following your work ever since. And I love your platform, Girls Will Be Boys, as well. And yeah, just for the people who are unfamiliar with your work, I was wondering if you could just give us an overview about what you do and tell us a bit about Girls Will Be Boys. Yeah, of course. I, I actually forgot about that panel, but <laughs> yeah, that was that was the first time that I met you. But I remember Gina telling me about you. I'm sure it was Gina yeah. that told me about you when we first met on a shoot but yeah um yeah so basically girls will be boys is an online platform that aims to blur the lines between gender roles and just constantly pose the question is it always binary when it comes to mm. gender which is obviously a rhetorical question um our first film was oh my god she's bold which was about women that shave their hair so i spoke to women of different cultures different backgrounds and um, different sexualities mm -hmm and kind of ask them to tell me their stories on having a shaved head and how how they navigate through the world and how they've been received differently. Um, so that was kind of like the first film. And I, I feel like Girls With Boys as a platform is constantly evolving um, in terms of where I want it to be and what I want to do with it. Um, but I did release a second film, which was mm. kind of about 
the name Girls Will Be Boys, um, which I did with the Swedish brand Weekday. And that was basically talking to like a lot of friends that I have um, around Europe and getting them to answer what or like how they interpret the phrase girls will be boys. So whether it's to do with the way that they dress or their sexuality mm-hmm. or their gender, because I feel like it's people ask me a lot of the time, what what does the name mean? But then I feel like it's one of them things where it means what it means to mm-hmm. you, which is kind of why I brought out the T-shirts as well, because yeah. I want I want it to be for everyone and for them to take from it what they will and create their own meaning. But basically, it's just the entire thing is just be who the fuck you want to be. And I just want to pass the mic on people's experiences on self-discovery and stuff. Amazing. Yeah. And the, the line that you've done with Weekday, like that was really cool when that came out. I was just watching. Oh, I want to do it again. It was so <laughs> cool. It was, yeah, that's like, it's really, really amazing to have a brand back you like that. And how did you end up working together for that? Weekday is, they're a special brand to me because when mm. I was back in my hometown of Leicester, um, when was this? I think it was around four years ago. I just moved mm. back from Paris. I tried to leave in Paris for a summer and it just really didn't work. Um, and then I was working back in Leicester and basically they contacted me to do a campaign. So this was my first time like being flown out to do modeling and the whole team were just so incredible and they wanted me for me. It was like a swimwear shoot and they kind of like in the briefing in the morning before the shoot, they were like, we don't want anyone to work out. We didn't ask for your measurements on purpose. Like we want you as you are. And I was kind of like, damn, like this doesn't really happen. No. Um, and I told them like about my platform at the time. It was in the beginning stages and we just kept in contact. I've done, I think I've done five or six campaigns for them That's now. That's so cool. Yeah. And I just pitched them my idea and they were like, yeah, it sounds great. We'd love to be involved. And that was it. That's amazing. That's incredible. And it's incredible that the approach they had, I honestly think all brands should approach it mm, like that. Totally agree. I mean, look at Savage Fenty. I actually... Right? I cannot. I know. I it's cannot. Yeah, honestly. And also, like, doesn't it just financially make more sense? Right. Like, if you're going to market a product to one image of what a person should look like, you're really narrowing your market mm. there. Yeah, I've always said this. I don't get it, but there's a lot of things that I don't understand. So yeah. I'm just like, this anyways. <laughs> but yeah, it's really amazing to see that, you know, you're challenging the gender binaries in your work and, yeah, the binaries that we're so used to seeing play out in society. Um, I was just wondering what are some of the most common myths or associations people make that you're keen to dismantle with the work that you do? Definitely people have assumptions about women with shaved heads um, or just people Mm. with shaved heads that that don't look like cis males. Then they always want to know what's up with that. And that's Mm. kind of why I wanted to do the documentary because it's not a straightforward answer. Because um, people would ask me all the time what, why I shaved my head and it kind of made me mm-hmm. intrigued to know why other women had shaved their head or why other non-binary people had shaved their head and kind of made me delve into why people gave so much of a fuck about what people do with their hair and just kind of see other people's reasonings and even just to see if there was a reason. Like I've said before, people don't ask people, oh, you know, why did you wear your hair curly today? Like, why do you have a fringe? It's, it's literally, for some people, it's literally just the hairstyle. Um, and I think the association with it being like a Britney Spears breakdown moment is outdated. And for some people it is, and for some yeah. people it isn't. And you can't lump us all into one. I just find it so fascinating that 
people think they know mm. who you are just because you shaved your head. Yeah, people kind of just jump to the conclusion that you've obviously had a breakdown or there's obviously something awful going on in your life or, you know, you're reacting to something in yeah. specific. It's really not the case. I, no. I, I don't know why it's not just presumed to be another hairstyle, first and foremost, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, it is such um such a weird kind of stigma that society still has, and I think it it always it just comes back around to that idea of like femininity in air quotes and <laughs> what, what it is what it is to be feminine and what it is to you know all of those things with beauty standards, I suppose. Mm. But you're challenging that with your work, and it's amazing. Yeah, I just think like growing up, I wasn't friends with anyone who looked like me, and growing up in somewhere like Leicester, I. I just wasn't around people that looked like me or I just think it's nice to show that there are people that you can relate to even if they're not like in close proximity just to know that they exist and mm-hmm. that you have the same uh, anything makes you feel so much better about yourself so I think that's just what I'm trying to do with my work like it's kind of like having someone's existence just back you up mm in your point did you find any similarities with the people that you interviewed for both of the documentaries that you've made with the experiences that people had and like the reactions that other people had to them shaving their heads totally but I think also they came after as well or there were certain things that they had Mm. said that I started to relate to sort of the longer the time passed from when I first filmed and released the documentary um to now so even me coming out as queer like I wasn't identifying as queer when I made the documentary but I feel like hearing other people's Mm. stories made me look into my own story and yeah just like find out who the fuck I was as well yeah totally yeah I suppose it was a a journey for you as well as for all of the people that you were filming Mm -hmm. with yeah exactly that's amazing okay so at this point this kind of leads me on nicely to read the submitted story of sexual harassment sent in from the cheer of community and this story in particular was sent in by pascal Mm -hmm. a guy i know actually came up to me on a night out and asked me why do you still have that shaved head you realize no boy is ever going to fancy you with it like that I was actually in shock that someone could come out with a comment like that, desexualizing me in a sense, I guess, as if hair is something I need to be a woman. Huh. I mean, it's literally what we were just talking about. <laughs> yeah, I've always said that, even before I came out, um, that not having hair, one of the great things about it is that it's a bullshit filter. So if you're going to subject me to what my hair looks mm-hmm. like... I don't need you in my life, period. And I don't want you to fancy me. And I don't care if you fancy me or not, because how is that so important to you? Um, yeah, I th- I do think it's a bullshit filter for people that you just don't need to be involved with, as much as it might make you reevaluate friendships, relationships. Um, trust me, it's for the best. Yeah, t- I mean, yeah, that's that's the best bullshit filter there is, really, isn't there? But also, it's kind of like... I don't know, quite often with heterosexual cis men and people people generally, they associate boldness with a sort of like desexualization, especially with women. Mm. But I just think it, people that have this mindset don't realise how detrimental they're actually being. I spoke about this before. It's like some women don't have a choice in losing their hair. Some, like some, some women go mm. through awful things that result in them losing their hair. And yeah. 
are you really gonna just find them undesirable through something that isn't even their choice but hasn't changed them as a person at all I just find it so yeah bizarre but but like I say there are so many things that people would call undesirable in that this is just another one that I'm not surprised about at all totally and there's something else with that in the story the the sort of audacity (laughs) of the boy who said that to Pascal the kind of the absolute audacity of like you know you realize no one's ever going to fancy you with that sort of thing and it's like what is it to you anyone who talks like that I'm like please just step away from me like (laughs) sorry god like I didn't realize that you represent every single person ever like what what are you even like they don't even realize how ridiculous they sound saying it it's insane it like reminds me of like some kind of weird old uncle or someone just trying to like I don't know like trying to make you desirable like sort of desirable for for their own enjoyment or for like for other people's enjoyment as if you're just like a fucking object literally to look like yeah that's the annoying thing as well is that it reduces you to desirability yeah and that's it basically like, yeah. that is like that is your purpose for existing um actually no and I didn't ask your opinion on that so if you could please step aside yeah I mean that's ultimately what it is really and that's the kind of the the bottom line of what we really need to tackle is this idea that you don't need to be looking desirable and pretty for other people's satisfaction mm. all the time it's literally like Floss's book women don't owe you pretty that's precisely it like period (laughs) period that is literally it the title of that book is just the um that's the bottom line here really honestly i think everyone needs to read that book i mean obviously everyone needs to read that book and i'm not just saying that because we're like best friends but we move (laughs) (laughs) so why do you think society still puts such an emphasis on on associating hair with femininity and also femininity with sexuality i think it's very complex and there's layers to this so for example Mm. oh how do i even how do i even talk about this basically what even is good hair i feel like there's a way to talk about this in like um eurocentric beauty standard way and then there's also the Mm. black culture as well like there's this whole thing of like having good hair and it's like what even is good hair who decided what good hair was and why do we give so much of a fuck about hair like it's it's like no one talks about having like a good elbow like I don't understand what (laughs) it's true why and I feel like it's because it's something that is so specific and so hard to not hard to attain but you have to be a certain type of look to attain it it's to keep those rigid old school Mm. beauty standards that's what I think it is because Mm. who the fuck cares about like yeah yeah yeah. do you know what I mean a hundred percent and I think that's relates to to all kinds of hair and also a sort of really it all kind of comes back to like controlling women's bodies and the amount the amount of hair that is desirable to be seen and it's all just it for me feels like this kind of really tightly regimented controlled thing and a controlled standard that we are still living up to which is not controlled by us at all it's controlled by the patriarchy which is like mm-hmm. how much hair you should have all over your body how much hair you should have on your head you know how much hair is too much hair yeah it's so bizarre like why do you why don't you like me not having hair on my head but you don't need to have hair on my armpits or like on my legs or like I don't yeah like who decided where is good to not have hair and where it's okay to let it flourish I don't get it 
What's the difference? What? I think it's just capitalism. Mm. Like, it must be, because... Yeah, they need to sell them products. Exactly. Like, they need to sell those hair products, and they need to sell the razors. Okay, but women's clippers, come on, that's a whole market that, like... True. Um, that has not been Potentially going to gonna hit. Yeah. That's a story for another day. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like, what? I think we just need to create a new... Uh, just a new idea... But how do we even begin? Well, the first step is starting to kind of challenge it and have the conversations, I think. And that's an amazing thing that you're doing with the work that you do. And you've got this incredible platform and an incredible supportive community who rally around you. And you're just, you're doing really, really incredible work, basically. Thank and you. just got to keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's hard at times when, when you it's probably the same for you when you know that something is so deep rooted in society Mm -hmm. that you're really really you might not even see the change in your lifetime but someone like you you want to be a part of sparking that change because otherwise or what else am I doing when I know that this is something that needs to change Mm -hmm. it can be disheartening sometimes but yeah we have to just keep going because there are people who appreciate and gain from what we're doing it's just reminding ourselves on like the days where it feels like fuck no one is even hearing this no one is mm-hmm. yeah I think it's just we have to constantly remind ourselves and each other that we're doing great work totally we've got to keep supporting each other because ultimately when it feels like you are just making work and throwing it out into a void and haven't really got that much control over it at the end of the day like that can be quite terrifying I think mm-hmm. that's definitely something which I find quite scary is that I've built like a platform and then I'll put content out there and then suddenly I'm like oh god I'm not in control of this at all. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a hard one. Like, yeah, I don't know what star sign you are, but I'm a Sagittarius, so control is my best friend. So it's like <laughs> when I put stuff out and I can't control how it's received or who receives it, it's really hard to let go of, but oh God. it's part of the process. No, I feel like I'm a Cancer, so I'm just like, and also I'm three water signs, so I'm just complete and absolute mess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like absolute just quivering wreck <laughs> whenever when anything like this happens but yeah um but yeah so what what advice would you give to to people who want to express themselves in a different way or ex- or experiment with their gender expression or just want to shave their head but they are scared and worried about what people might say oof i mean i this is going to be the most cliche thing but you have to just do it it's one of them things Mm -hmm. where it's like I always say if you're even thinking about it why not just try it because it's like Mm. even me like when I when I used to think about the the concept of dating women but I'd never done Mm. it before I'd never kissed a woman before and it was all this like oh shit like I don't know if I can do it but you just have to try Mm -hmm. otherwise you'll never know like I always say you, you you literally don't know it's as simple as like I don't know if you if you don't know which jacket to wear you have to try it and then you'll decide which one you want to wear like it's it's literally that simple if there's Mm -hmm. if you're even thinking about something that's your sign to try it and just do it so true everyone just needs to get out there and do it but I suppose it can be quite frightening I think but also you think you probably just have to try and push through that and just think am I doing this for other people no Mm. I'm doing it for myself and that should be the most important thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of the things, like, I I didn't come out of the womb, like, this confident, queer, bold black woman. Like, you, ha- mm-hmm. you have to work on yourself and stuff is going to happen yeah. where it hurts. And But 
you have to try like if if I'd have stayed in the box of even me moving to London like I had to try if I'd have stayed in Leicester and carried on trying to be something that I'm not then I wouldn't be where I am right now I didn't I haven't always been this person but I was the only person stopping myself from being this person so you have to just do it yeah push through the uncomfortability so true I remember being in a relationship once with someone who said this was a really long time ago but I remember expressing like oh I really want to get a nose piercing and then they said if you get a nose piercing I'll dump you <gasps> and I was like okay oh my god disgusting um but <gasps> I remember internalizing that at the time just being like okay, this doesn't feel great. And then I remember thinking, oh, you know, this was like a really long time ago, but I was like, oh, I really want to like, you know, do an undercut and like shave a bit of like the back of my head or like shave a bit of the side of my head or something. I was, I was, you know, felt like experimenting. And then I remember voicing that to my boyfriend at the time as well. And then they were like, if you shave any of your head off, I will find you unattractive or like, I will dump you like blah, blah, blah. blah. And obviously, yeah. And obviously being the sort of like insecure sort of, naive child I was at the time I was like oh god oh oh no I I can't be you know undesirable I can't be all of these things but then I did it Mm. anyway and I got a nose piercing and I was like (laughs) how do you like me now honestly it's like you can't even (laughs) I, I can't even put into words like the joy you feel from doing something for yourself and knowing that the reason why this you know like the nose piercing the reason why you have this nose piercing is because you decided you want it and it looks great and that was mm-hmm. your choice. Like, you are fully behind this incredible decision. And I think when you see things like that, if if you know you want to do something, you will feel absolutely great when you do it. And it's so the true. people who reciprocate that energy are the ones that need to be around you. If you if you have people that reciprocate energy of a version of yourself that you've built around other people, mm-hmm. what's the point? Mm-hmm. It's so true. And also, like, I really think you know how you feel about something when you, like, you voice it and then you get that reaction and you're like, oh... That's not what I yes, wanted to hear. exactly. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah, I find that often sometimes. I'm like, I don't really know how I feel about something. And then I'll say it out loud or I'll ask someone's opinion of it and they'll be like, oh no, I re- no, no, no. And they'll disagree and I'll be like, okay, well, I really agree. So <laughs> so I never really know how I feel That's about That's really things. interesting. Yeah, no, that, that's a really interesting way to kind of like decipher how you feel about something if you're really, really unsure mm-hmm. and you feel like you have to ask people's opinions. Mm-hmm yeah your reaction will tell you what you really yeah. want but then also you don't want to kind of I suppose ask everyone everyone's opinion on everything all of the time because then after a while you're like I don't know do I trust myself do I have instincts anymore <laughs> oh yeah of course yeah I mean if you're like in the beginning stages of wanting to break the cycle of yes. stuff for other people yes. and you're not sure what like exactly. who you even are anymore exactly. what you even want then you can always tell from your reaction when you ask someone else a hundred percent so what have you got coming up next? I mean, I know this is like a really weird question to ask in a, a pandemic. And if that's just sitting on the sofa and watching Netflix, that's amazing. <laughs> but yeah, what's um what's in the pipeline for you? Well, I really, 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 really want to focus more on Girls Will Be Boys. Um, mm-hmm. And I've, I've kind of like put that out into the world. And I've had concepts for amazing things I wanted to do. And then Miss Rona came along. So it's just kind of like <laughs> about adapting the the ideas that I have in t- to whatever's going to be this new normal um yeah. but I guess just allowing myself to take things day by day and honestly the main focus is my physical and mental health because everything stems yeah. from that and this pandemic has been a lot um for a lot of different reasons so mm. 
yeah, just kind of like bringing myself back to me and then being able to start with everything externally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so, so important. I think, yeah, it's really hard. I mean, I'm finding it really hard to like plan anything at all at the moment because if I do... Mm. I will like make plans and I'll have those stuff and I'll be like okay good I feel like you know mentally on top of things and then as soon as the things start to happen I'm like oh my I'm not oh god I can't I don't, I don't want to do the things I I've planned to do I can't go <laughs> it is like that it's like I've literally been like oh I want to have like loads of work and then I had so much work this mm. past month that I I got ill because I was so overwhelmed and I was like oh god this is like it's, it's like I think it's just making sure that your mind and your body are all good and then you'll be able to handle whatever comes but a hundred percent focusing on that oh well thank you so much for your time and for coming on the show and talking to me i really really appreciate it thank you for having me yeah where can people find your work online and support you so my personal instagram is at elise shaw and then girls will be boys is just at girls will be boys underscore and our website is gw bb and we also have merch it's like gwbb amazing well everyone should go out and get on the store and support you and buy some merch (laughs) oh yes please (laughs) but yeah i hope you have um a really good weekend and rest of your week and yeah thank you so much again you too babes thank you thank you so much for listening to this episode of the cheer up love podcast and a special thanks to my guests for coming on and to the members of the cheer up love community for sending in your stories If you would like to submit your story to the podcast, then just DM us on Instagram or submit via our website. If you like what you've been listening to, please subscribe and leave a review. It would mean a lot. And also, lastly, an extra special thank you to Alex Cruz, who composed the wonderful music that you've been listening to.